It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, you guys want to hear my new theme song? Sure. Heck yeah, we do. I kind of like it. It's a little different, but uh, here it is. And that's only halfway through. So, you know, you for your listening pleasure, we could extend it a little bit. And I think, you know, it's got... What? Thanks, thanks, Carl. That's fantastic. Is that the, the podcast equivalent of a laugh track? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, no, this is the laugh track right here. <laughs> All right. So any, anytime I say a dumb joke, I'll just... They'll get the laugh track? Nice. Right, but I only get one. Like, I don't have mm-hmm. a series of buttons, just one button, so Oof. it's going to go thin pretty soon. I'm sorry. I have buttons, <laughs> Pretty <okay>? soon. Pretty <laughs> soon. Ah, yeah, it's going to go <laughs> And we're thin. there. Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are Good. you? What's up? Uh, it's my birthday today. Dude. Yeah. Happy birthday. 29 Thanks. again? I'm, yeah, I'm awesome. 29. Mm-hmm. Is your is your twenty ninth birthday old enough to drive? Uh, old enough to drive? <laughs> old enough to drive? What happened enough times? 16. Is it twenty <laughs> old enough to drink? You've had it twenty one times. <laughs> I guess no. I'm actually fifty five today. 55. Okay, so it is old enough to drive. Hey, with that information, yeah, I just divulged one of my password <laughs> secrets. And right? uh, so, what's your mother's maiden name and your first it, pet name? Just party. Haas and Pfeffer. <laughs> All the I I I answer all the questions chocolate. There you I've go. Done that. Always, yeah. I've I've picked a word and just that's the answer to all the questions. What's your pet's name? Chocolate. <laughs> Where were you born? Chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Although some websites say uh you know you can't give the same answer twice. If they yes. were worth their weight in salt. Yes. They would I don't know. I, honestly, I think picking a random word that you can remember and using it for the security questions would certainly be better, better. than, you know, because somebody could like get your phone number and your street That's you right. grew up on. And mm-hmm. and yeah. so they, they'd they have the actual answer, but not know. And I would say 
yes, it's more secure if you don't use the same one for every site. Sure. Same thing with you passwords. You use a mnemonic or something to come up mm-hmm. with the word for every mm-hmm. site. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about what happened this week or last week, depending on when you're listening to this. Starting with Twilio. Twilio, Twilio. is a service that I have been using for a long time. Isn't that As a, a new developer, rapper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, a new rapper. No, it would be an old rapper. That's true. A it's plain a brown time. rapper. Um, hey, that that's a pretty good name, isn't it? Plain brown rapper. R-A-P-P-E-R. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool name. All right. Anyway, Twilio is a tool that – a service, basically, that does uh, sending of text messages in apps for, like, large-scale text messages and things, Chip typically for 2FA, two-factor authentication, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, or notifications. Somebody have a chimpanzee? I think your hamster wheel is squeaking. Somebody, um, somebody just turned on the hose outside, and the, it's the spigot's right next to the wall here. So, oh, uh, this is what we have to put up with, and this is why we sell ads now, <laughs> Maybe so we that can we can a get a real studio. <laughs> so, so Patrick won't have to listen to the lawn guy start the sprinkler. <laughs> it happens. So, what happened with Twilio, guys? Uh, so this is this is a common vector for attacks, and and one of the reasons uh, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about this attack, even though it happened. Uh, let's see, they mentioned it August fourth, so it's old news now, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's a couple weeks ago, but um, is our next two stories are going to be very similar um, and okay. very big named organizations, and so it highlights the fact that that these this type of attack vector is pretty common. This attack vector started off with an SMS phishing attack or smishing okay. as the, the new kids like to call it. Smishing. <laughs> smishing. It's a smishing attack. Well, Smoo-fishing. actually, Carl, you had that happen this week, didn't you? A couple times. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got messages that were just kind of crazy sounding. I ignored them. Mm. Um, <laughs> I ignored them. Not like these Twilio guys. So yeah. these, what these attacks typically do. So if you're, if you're using, um, you know, an authentication provider to log you into the office. Let's say you're at home. Like most of us have been working from home. You're, you have your computer, your laptop, your whatever, and you're connected into the office. Well, typically when you connect into the office, you connect over what's called a VPN, right? A virtual private network right. into the office. Everything's encrypted. Well, for the really secure companies, they just don't use a username and password and certificate for that, right? Too easy to steal. So they'll also Mm -hmm. use another factor of authentication, two-factor authentication on it. And what that is, is it can be a rotating number like we've seen before on, you know, if you try and log into Google or whatever, you have your Google Authenticator and it has a rotating number. Sometimes that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook has one too. Yeah, uh, most apps should. As does Microsoft and Duo and many others. Yep. yep. And and honestly, I mean that's that's a better way to go than just username and password. Right. But it's inconvenient. Right? right. People have to open up the app. They have to go take a look at the number. They have to see well, what it is. Usually they get a notification, don't they? That Which the app... means it's secure. <laughs> right. Well, but it's not necessarily less convenient because once you install the app, if mm-hmm. the app needs your yes or no, generally it will pop up and it'll ask you with a You're absolutely right. But yeah. It popping up and asking you sounds more convenient than you having to go look for the app. 
So one of the things the crafty hackers will do if they have your username and password is they will continually, every second, try and log into your VPN and you'll see it pop up. Bloop. Hey, you want to authorize? Bloop. Hey, you want to authorize? Bloop. Hey, you want to authorize on your phone? And eventually like you Bart will Simpson. click yes. How about yeah. now? How about now? Ex- How about now? How about now? <laughs> like that. That's your new theme song, Carl. That's it. <laughs> How about now? <laughs> so needless to say, that's what happens is that there's these attacks now where you'll just continually keep push pushing authentication out to the user and eventually the user higher percentage than not will click yes just go away just to go and, away and I log think in. that's it's criminal career advice <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I, criminal I don't know I mean it's kind of like a, a denial of service attack on a phone isn't it yeah, it is. And when oddly, oddly, a lot of these apps will pop up on front of everything. So even if, let's say you're, I don't know, you're in there playing Farmville or whatever, and you go to click on something, and then the auth app comes up, and you go to, when your finger's already on the way down to the yes, it happens all the time. Um, so you may even just mm. accidentally click on it, be like, oh, crap, I wasn't logging in. Mm. Um, yeah, so okay. that's that's, so be wary of that. If you're not currently logging into your office... And you get a notification on your phone that asks you to authenticate and log into the office. Yeah. Don't click yes on that. <laughs> yeah. And frankly, if you do see that, it's not a bad idea to go change your password as well. Yeah. Same um, with emails. Somebody will try to log into your Gmail account and you'll get a notice, hey, was this you? And if it wasn't, you need well, to you need to change your password or something. So let's let's hit this, Dwayne. If you don't provide the correct username and password, will it get to that? No. Second factor of authentication. So therefore, well, it's an indicator that you've been breached. There are two ways to do it. Um, some companies ready, do Carl. it where you... <laughs> <laughs> right? You can some use this companies... snippet of code or that snippet <laughs> yeah, of code. Yeah. Some companies, um, some companies, what they'll do is they'll ask for your email address or your login name. And then the next thing that happens is the push authenticate. And then you can try the username and password, hmm. right? So okay. then you get the obnoxious pop-ups all the time until you say yes, and then they can try the username and password. I would just turn the phone off and go have lunch, you know? Right, right. Or whatever. Um, or if it's not lunchtime, I'd just go have a drink or something or have a coffee or take a walk. Yeah, because there's no way they could put that in an automated loop. Right. Let's just <laughs> well, go that's fine. Hour. But, you know, after an hour or so of your phone being off, they'll probably yeah, give yeah, up. Should- Hopefully they'll give up. I I would be careful. So here's some advice for the good guys and especially the coders, since all three of us are developers Mm -hmm. at heart, is you need to be careful about you enabling these kinds of attacks. Right. If somebody goes in and and uh, logs in, and this is a dangerous dangerous road of thread, because if you do say okay, if you get the username and password correct, only then will I let you, you know, do the two factor authentication. But in that case, now you're you've got an indicator that the username and password are correct. correct. Yeah, exactly. Which yep. is also a no-no. So this this it's hard to figure out what the right thing to do. But I think as an industry, we need to navigate these spaces. So I've seen it. I've seen there was one customer we were just red teaming, um, and we did we did try and break in over their uh, multi-factor authentication system, and it was interesting because what they did is that you would put in a username and password for a valid user. And you would click next, and it always allowed you to then X screen. 
It didn't validate the username and password yet until the duo went through, the, the MFA went through. Then it went and checked the username and password. So you as a, an attacker spraying passwords, every single one of them would have looked like it was okay. And it would have gone to then the next screen where it's, uh, hey, do you really want to allow this? And then they would say yes on their phone. And then it would test the username and password. So you didn't have the ability to spray the username and password um, yeah. without and try and figure out whether it was right or not. The other thing okay. that's interesting is a lot of organizations will do lockout policies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the listeners, if you know, at work or whatnot, if somebody tries to log into their computer three or four times with the right username but wrong password, their account gets locked out for a period of time. If you expose any services that allow a user to log in with a username and password, that is a great way to lock all your users out. As a, as a criminal, I can lock out many users by just spraying the wrong password constantly and just continually keep locking out all the users. That's another sort of denial of service. So I've thought about this quite a bit, and I think the strategy that would work that I haven't ever seen implemented is when you when you get the wrong password multiple times, it should ask you for an additional piece of information. So after the first three attempts, five attempts, even 10 attempts, okay, now I need your username, password, two-factor authentication, and you need to tell me uh, your zip code. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you've got another five attempts. Now you've got to tell me your zip code and your date of birth. And then you've got to tell me – because what will happen is you'll log in a day later and it will be asking you for, for 10 different fields. And it's an indicator that somebody has been trying to brute force. Yeah, right. But you can still get in if you know all the information. So it's a way to prevent the hack the, – uh, the, the, it, it would be inconvenient. So right. therefore secure. Sure. Therefore insecure, yeah. But it would prevent a user from ever really being locked out, and it would prevent a hacker from getting in because they it, they would just be making it more and more complex because they'd be adding more and more entropy. Sure. You know, yeah. you're giving away free advice to security companies that do what you guys do. So <laughs> maybe we need another theme song for, you know, security competition advice <laughs> so we are we are by by our own admission the worst businessmen in the world because we <laughs> want to have all of the the our friendly companies which would be the the free world's companies to be secure and right. if that means we do it through podcasts and webinars and mm. and other things and we have to go work at wendy's part-time then then we'll do that but but t- trust me it's a it's a big job and we, we need way more help. So that's one of the reasons we do the podcast is we want to give away free good advice, which makes us sound like serial killers. <laughs> um, because <laughs> it's exactly what a serial killer would say, but it's true. It's, it, we, we're not going to run out of things to say and things to do. Sure. Yeah. There's more hack. There's more hacks than you can possibly prevent. And, yeah, and there's more value we can add as a, you know, to customers than we could possibly convey over the podcast right so we're not of the mind that we're going to hold back anytime that we have good advice we're going to give it mm. all right let's talk cisco okay so the reason cisco is following this um is because cisco uh also got hit with a very similar style attack okay. um but a little bit of a different initial vector so i wanted to talk about this one and then we'll talk about cloudflare um, okay. which was hit with almost exactly the same thing as the, the Twilio account. Um, so Cisco, large organization. We've all heard of Cisco before. They run, you know, um, most things, technology. Um, so most of your internet backbone provides uh, switches and equipment and whatnot all comes from Cisco. 
Um, so interestingly enough, of course, people are always going to try and attack that organization. Um, mm. On May 24th, Cisco became aware of a potential compromise. Uh, the compromise, so Cisco has a very, very advanced cybersecurity group called the Cisco Talos team. Um, yeah. Those guys are awesome at forensics okay. and understanding what's going on and that sort of stuff. So obviously they jumped right on top of it. Um, what had happened is a one of the Cisco's employees personal google accounts got compromised wow so you say okay, okay who cares yeah. right it's like if uh if you compromise patrick's personal google account what would you get access to his gmail okay who cares um but what they were doing was also synchronizing all of the usernames and passwords in their browser to mm. their google account so wow. when you use chrome and Chrome has that nice, hey, do you want us to synchronize your usernames and passwords to your phone when you use Chrome and to your laptop when you use Chrome? You go, yeah, this is awesome. I don't need to remember them. Because that would the, be convenient. Right? Mm -hmm. It's convenient on my phone. Why would I type my password in? This is right. what was happening with this particular user. So as soon as they compromised this user's Google account, they now had the ability to sync all the usernames and passwords down. Mm. Um, and some of those usernames and passwords went straight to... Uh, went straight to yeah. his work accounts, right? Exactly. Wow. Yep. Wow. <sighs> Not Big good. Sigh. <sighs> yeah. yeah. This is what so, happens when you when things try to be too many things. Yeah, that's right. So the Google browser tries to be your Gmail, and it tries to be your password manager. It tries to be your operating yeah. system, really. Well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, and so it's it's too many eggs in that basket. So if you had LastPass or One Password or one of the other. Um, numerous password managers, you're not going to get breached through their, their email system because they don't have one. Mm. <laughs> so, but as Wayne said, it's convenient to have it all in one place because that's that makes it easier to steal. Right, mm. right. So now you have a successful username and password, right? You go to the VPN website. It automatically puts in the username and password. You click OK. But the next thing it's going to do is the same thing that happened with Twilio, right? It's going to ask, pop up on your phone saying, "Do are you trying to log in right now? Mm. Right. Or, or here's your multi-factor authentication code to log in. The, the part of this I don't quite understand is the next piece that's described uh, in the Talos intelligence report is the attacker then conducted a series of sophisticated voice phishing attacks under huh. the guise of various trusted organizations attempting to convince the, <laughs> the victim to accept the MFA push so initiated by the attacker. So the victim got a call and said, hi, this is Bob Dabalina from Google, and we noticed that uh, you need to uh, uh, say yes to this MFA notification uh, so that we can better serve you in the future. Thank right, you I, right. I wait, think it's but like wait, that. Wait, but wait a second. So then he goes, no, I'm not pushing on it. Then you call back. You go, hi, this is Steve <laughs> from Amazon. <laughs> uh, Bob uh, Dabalina <laughs> called me and told me that uh, – and he, and he goes, no. And he goes, hi, this is Arnold from Microsoft. Microsoft. I'd like you to press the and, – and eventually he's like, fine. And he just did it. He just clicked okay. <laughs> like if multiple companies called me up, no matter how quote-unquote sophisticated the voice phishing attack was, I don't think I'm clicking on it. I don't know. I'd tell I them I did. It. I'd say, oh, yeah, that's okay. That's a I'm, good idea. I'm clicking on it. Yeah. I'm clicking on it. I've clicked. Right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There's another one. 
And when she <laughs> says, oh, my eyes there. aren't so good. Can you tell me where is the icon? <laughs> I don't see it. Okay. No, and then I, you say, I don't see you say, it. Are you, you on know, the right page? And then you say, ever since I worked for the CIA, the Taliban's been trying to hook me. So, uh, you know, maybe it's them. <laughs> I so thought it would be great uh, if you could, you could find a terrorist advice. linked account and give that to the Fishers and <laughs> the CIA take care of them. Oh, man. That sounds like a horrible idea. Don't do hey, it. We have drones that don't even explode anymore. They just cut you in half. Wow. What? Where That's, did that come where from? Where did that? Yeah. With, you did, dark, don't you guys read the news? Uh, so Not Al's the news you the, read, apparently. The head of Al-Qaeda was just killed by a Hellfire drone. The wow. Hellfire yeah, drone that. had no explosives. It it opened up eight knives and cut him up. Cut him up. Oh my God! Really? It didn't. That it, that's why there were no casualties other than him. It basically was a. It opens up blades and just cut them up. Dude, that is horrifying. That is horrifying. Well, it didn't like puree him or anything. It just cut him in half, probably <laughs> uh, into a fine uh, red okay. mist. Jesus. But no, no casualties. No, other than the intended casualties. Well, there was so that's one the, casualty. <laughs> I guess that's not popular knowledge. <laughs> Yeah. It's in the news though, so I didn't I didn't reveal any secrets here. <laughs> wow. I just right, imagine so... this drone was spinning death blades like something off a of blade runner. Yeah, it sounds like a James Bond movie, like you right? know, like this right? rotating saw coming towards you. I think they just come out and hit you at missile speed, which alone would probably take you out. But... Uh probably. Yeah, right, probably yeah. would break That's some true. organs. So so okay, so talking about uh scammers and people calling you and you pretending to have bad eyesight or whatever, have you ever have you guys ever seen on YouTube uh this guy scammer payback? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh my God. But I'm you have I'm to linking watch it. to it right now. Scammer payback. So this guy has three point three million subscribers. And he gets scammers call him and he will walk that he actually has a voice that sounds like an old lady. He plays along and he plays along for hours where they'll like take control of his quote unquote computer and then they get mad at him. But he also knows multiple languages. So if he can tell it's coming from an Indian data center, he'll he'll start speaking Hindi and all sorts. Like, so it's yeah, it's 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 very it's an intriguing podcast or not podcast uh, YouTube to watch. All right, I, I find it. myself just leaving it running in the background, but it is interesting to to listen to the scammers' tactics. Like one of the tactics I didn't realize because I don't dig much into you know scammer scamming. Get uh, ready, Carl. Yeah, I'm ready. I know, right? No, this one. <laughs> well, this on is interesting. So this is the one where um, they can they call you up and try and convince you that they're giving you money. Like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Carl, yeah. I realized that we charged you too much money for, right. uh, you know, this past Amazon uh, order. Really apologize. We're going to return it to you. But then I the process that. gets weird where they then need to control your computer to bring you to a website to show that they're transferring the money back. Didn't we talk about this already? We or did. Or was it yeah, somebody so else? This, I, no, no, no. That was exactly – we talked about that happening, but it was from this guy's um, YouTube. This is where I got it. So I wanted to, I wanted oh. to mention it. We were talking about scammers and – Okay. And playing around with them, this guy's probably one of the best. All right. So, Cisco, you really don't need to do anything uh, to, to protect yourself from that. It's just an interesting story. Well, but don't, don't be that guy. But don't be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right. Let's talk Cloudflare. What happened here? 
Cloud Flare. Uh, well, and what's interesting with Cisco, uh, we'll have a tie-in later to another organization as well, but they believe that this was being done by what's called an initial access broker. So there's a whole class of attackers now, which are IABs, initial access brokers. Wait, are we talking about Cloudflare or Cisco? Cisco still. Okay. Um, so Cisco believes that this is... Uh, what, what typically happens is a lot of groups out there now are switching over to initial access. What they want to do is gain access to an organization, stay as quiet as possible, secure that, that access, access, and then sell it. They don't want to go in there. They don't okay. want to steal anything. They don't want, like, they're just, I'm going to gain access. I'm going to secure my access, and then I go sell that access, and I'm out of it. Because the person okay. who goes in and pillages the inside of the organization is probably the one who's going to take on the ire of the, you know, the, the authorities. Um, so initial well, access how did you is get access to this? Oh, uh, so-and-so yeah. sold it to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Still, they're not still using liable. names. Yeah, but, but then, then okay, are you though? So okay, so what damages did that person do? You could say, okay, well, I didn't do any damages. I I just saw a flaw in the system and reported it to a buddy of mine. I, pff, uh, they did I just sold a heroin making machine to a criminal. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually yeah, make. Yeah, but you the didn't heroin. add any heroin. Yeah, that's well, true. Okay, wait a second though. But take companies like Hack Five who put out hacking devices. Right, those hacking devices have been used by uh, Russian intelligence services to try and break into places. So now it's like, hey, listen, listen, I just tell. Right, but a hacking device isn't illegal. Right, uh, uh, breaching and securing a breach is illegal. If you read, breaching is illegal. You're right. If you yes. read the computer crime statute, which is getting old in the tooth, I'm not a legal expert, but some would argue. That it's illegal access, not mm -hmm. getting getting credentials or tricking someone into giving you credentials. It's like if I get your credit card number, it's not illegal for me to have your credit card number. It's illegal for me to use it. Well, it depends on how you got it. If you came into my house and stole it, That's you're going to be charged with breaking the deal. But if, but if you trick but if you breach if you breach a network and you're breaking and entering, aren't you? Yeah, you're, but they're not you're breaching inside. Network. Yeah, but not. you have to – you just said. But wait, hold breach, on, hold on, hold on. You secure access and then you sell it. Yes. So it, uh, initial access brokers, yes. Okay, let me let me give you an analogy. Let me give you an analogy. You go to a, you go to a restaurant, you use a credit card, and the wait, waiter or waitress takes a picture of your credit card to capture the number in the back and everything. And they sell it. So there's, there's probably laws against that, there's financial laws, but the reading of the Computer Crimes Act would say, if you don't use the credit card, you probably don't violate that act. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer. You haven't done any damages. Yeah. I, I can't, you can't compare those analogies, and I'll tell you why. why. Because the the correct analogy would be you get hired by a company, you go do business with them, you set up a little access point, and then you quit – and then you now have access to that access point and you sell that. You acquired it by legal means mm. and then yes. sold it. The, mm -hmm. it. It is perfectly legal for the waitress to take your credit card and do, you know, run it through the machine. But it's not legal for her to steal it. So it's not legal for you to breach a company, get initial access illegally – and then sell it. You've still broken the law. I, I, yes, don't, I don't think the no. I don't think the statute I, reads that way. But wait, wait, wait. Okay. But hold on. I would even say, yeah, I, I, I do truly believe that if 
if you were the initial access broker, that's against the law. You shouldn't be breaking into the organization. And I do believe that if you sell that access, that's illegal. And I think the person who does something crazy with it, that's illegal. Right. However, if you have to put up a court case against somebody and have the authorities snag somebody, mm. you're going to grab the guy who did the initial access or you're going to grab the guy who actually caused all the damage? I think you grab them both. You'd be nice I mean, if you could. I, you I had to make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to make of that choice? I mean, you want to you want to perpetrate everybody involved in a crime, not we've, just one person. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but but we've been involved in cases where we've been told there's no one looking for that. There's no one whose edict is to get those people. We're after the murderers and the and the and the kidnappers and and those people. The ones that enable them aren't on the radar because it it yeah. takes you know, resources. Dwayne, I think Patrick is protesting too much. What is right? what's he hiding? Right. He, listen, he's are you like half of our criminals? business is selling initial access. <laughs> right? I, is no, Patrick, I, are you really a criminal, Patrick? No, I'm advocating for a better better laws, <laughs> but I'm afraid that when the l- lawmakers go and try to make better laws, they're going to screw them up even worse. Oof. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that everybody in the, the three parties is, you know, has is liable for prosecution. Sure. But I think the person who did the initial access and then sold it is probably going to get off easier than the one who did the crime, especially if they stole a lot of money. I think anybody who gets elected Congress from now on has to be able to write a hello world in blazer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, email me at carl at appvnext.com if you want to learn how to do that. (laughs) You should be able to pronounce the word log in. <laughs> Logan. 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 Uh, Jonathan Suck told me he absolutely uh, heard a senator say Logan once. Oh my God. I, honestly, right. Logan sounds cooler. Well, just in his defense, he was mid stroke. So. Ah, uh, yeah. He, maybe he was thinking <laughs> of Logan's run. <laughs> All right. What's next? Cloudflare. Um, so these three stories kind of tie together, and it shows that a lot of the attackers out there are using very similar tactics, especially for larger organizations. So Cloudflare says that some of its employees' credentials were actually stolen in an SMS phishing attack, um, similar to the way that Twilio's network was breached last week. But it was the same hackers that did the Twilio breach, right? Entirely possible. Yeah, they're speculating right now that they believe they are just because a lot of the infrastructure was very similar, if not the same. A lot of the tactics were very similar, if not the same. However, in this particular case of Cloudflare, um, no compromise happened. They didn't have Mm. access to anything because they're actually using another factor of authentication, which is their FIDO2 compliant security keys. Okay. So they have literally a physical device a usb that you have to plug into your laptop or desktop to actually then get access to the system so okay um so just we talk about 2fa multi-factor authentication as you Mm -hmm. know having at least a second factor but in some cases mfa is much better three factors of authentication or four factors of authentication having a key and having a secure code and a username and password is better so 2FA is generally either, you know, first of all, your login page, and then mm-hmm. either email or text. And it's usually right. a text or an authenticator. 3FA would probably be email and text or an Let, authenticator. Let's, let's, let's revisit, at, you know, factors of authentication real quick mm-hmm. because it's been a few episodes. The, the password, the PIN, those are examples of something you know. That is a factor of authentication. Right. If I ask you for a password and a PIN, I'm still working from the same one factor of authentication. 
If I ask you your zip code, that's all the not, something you know. Mm-hmm. If I ask you for your credit card, for you to have an RSA key or a dongle, or I need you to have um, a thing in your possession to prove you are who you say you are, right. then that's something you have. And so your email address, I think, counts as something you have. You have access to the email and the second factor authentication proves that you have access to your email, to your phone, to your SMS, to the Google Authenticator right. app logged in. So those are all things you have. And it's typically like a key, literally a key or a credit card are things you have. That's the second factor of authentication. The third factor is something you are, your retinal scan, your fingerprint, your DNA. But there's an emerging fourth factor, which is something you do, like voice recognition has always been categorized as something you are, but now it's starting to emerge as something you do. Your yeah. typing cadence, the right. way you walk, those are all things that are in yeah, that emerging fourth factor. Yeah, typing cadence is an interesting thing, isn't it? And you it talked is. about this early on that, yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody who- I knew a colonel, colonel with DISA who told the story in public, so I can repeat it, that he went on vacation, came back over vac- of a weekend, got bit by a spider in his hand, went went to work, started typing. Within 10 minutes, armed guard showed up at his office and demanded he, that he identify himself you know, with his ID and everything else yeah. because his typing cadence had altered enough that it got picked up by their heuristics. I'm imagining it slowed down if he got bit by a spider. They, I'm sure they didn't reveal. Uh, speeding, they just said speeding up would be like Spider-Man you, kind of stuff. Right? You don't Which type, would be awesome. Simple you don't power. type like the Colonel. Maybe you got some polyjuice potion, and uh, yeah. we don't trust you anymore. <laughs> right? So. Yeah, that's fascinating. That is awesome. Somebody I heard on a another podcast called "No Such Thing as a Fish," which is a UK podcast by the people who write for QI. And if you don't know what QI is, uh, you're missing a lot. It's a it's a show that Stephen Fry started. It's a quiz show. People get points for being interesting, not for being correct. So on the podcast, they had some spy techniques. And one of them was listening or watching the light, a light bulb hanging from a string. Like, say, Mm -hmm. the light bulb is in a corridor and there's somebody talking on the phone in another room and you can't hear them. You can't hear them with a microphone. But... Because of the small electrical changes, the light will flash and dim and what? flash so just a little bit. And that if you know how to interpret that, you can you can actually turn that into audio signals. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how far we've come from, you know, fifty years ago, the, just the mm. fact that a laser mic works, right? Yeah, yeah laser is astonishing. Are amazing, too. and everything's affected by everything else. That's yeah. the the quantum reality, mm-hmm. and so eventually, it'll it'll there won't be any secrets. It'll be, I, well, I can hear you through the earth. The magma is is oscillating because of your footsteps. Check this sure. out. If you just put a microphone on somebody who's typing, just based on. You know, the frequency of those, of the typing, you could figure out like which two noises, you could take all samples of those noises and find out which two keys are typed the fastest together. And those mm. are probably things like, you know, ED or uh, AR or, or something like that, SP, like stuff that you do really quickly that people can do quickly. And then they can f- figure out what you're typing just by the sound of the keystrokes. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. That is very scary. All right. It is scary. So, you know, don't type. 
Um, <laughs> don't hang a light bulb by a string. You know, if you think <laughs> don't somebody's talk. don't talk. Yeah, live in a box. Yeah. Cut off your hands. And okay, yeah, be a man. All right. <laughs> wow. So, uh, are we done with Cloudflare? Yeah, I, I think, think we, we are. Gotta move move I things along are. a little bit. All right, but before we do that, we gotta take a quick break. So we'll be right back in a minute. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's uh, mm-hmm. Security This Week. I'm Carl Franklin. That's Patrick Hines. And that's Dwayne LaFlotte. And uh, we're talking about – what are we talking about? I think I'm going to name this show When SMS Attacks. Ooh, I like that. Do you like that? I do like that. Yeah. Yes. Because so, that's how we sort of started off this uh, this episode. But but now we're uh, talking about this bleeping computer uh, article that I don't understand. So I'm going to let one of you guys take it. Sure. So thousands of hackers flock to dark utilities as a C2 as a service. So we've talked about C2. I'll break this title down before we start going into what it actually is. Okay. Um, so C2, command and control. Um, so as an attacker... There's, a, there's two different ways that I can breach an organization. I can be hands-on keys and actively breaking into an organization, which is interesting. But the problem is you want to maintain control. So how do you maintain control when you're not at the keys? Hmm. You, 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 do a, you use a, or leverage a C2 infrastructure, command and control infrastructure. And that could be – that's a very vague term. It could be anything. Um, it could remote be desktop a communi- kind of yeah, thing. It could be it could be remote desktop out. It could be an agent I install that's beaconing out over DNS. It could be a script that I'm continually running at the startup of the system that that comes out to me through an internet relay chat server. It could be there's all sorts of ways to do command and control. Okay. Um, and there's some very big, well-known ones in the market. Um, Cobalt Strike, for example, is one of them. A very big, well-known C2 right. structure. Um, we talked about uh, Covenant is another one. Okay. Um, Empire is another one. So there's there's a lot of the uh, posh C2 is another one. There's there's hundreds of these C2s out there. Um, but let's say you want to be a hacker, uh, but you don't have the technical wherewithal to create your own C2. Okay. There are a lot of C2s that you can then use, like Cobalt Strike. You can buy it or steal it. Um, but 
there's some now coming out yeah please don't um there are some now coming out as as c2 as a service where there's legitimately organizations who give you the ability to pay nine dollars a month to have access to a a full flavored c2 infrastructure wow um so it, it's it's interesting a that it's so cheap. The guess right now, according to Cisco Talos, they have about three thousand active subscribers at nine dollars a month. So you're looking at ten dollars a month-ish. You're looking at about thirty thousand euros um, worth of revenue per month, per month. for this per, for this C2 structure. Um, the C2 is called Dark Utilities, um, and it 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 will deploy on Linux, Windows, Android, Mac OS. Um, so there's a bunch of different targets. It will automatically generate a payload that you can then just put on a computer and run, and it will then commit. It will go back, communicate back to the command and control structure, so you can then okay. just issue commands to it. Um, the only interesting thing about this C2 is the fact that it's it's actually leveraging uh, what's uh, a place called Interplay File Systems or IPFS. Okay. So most companies are very good about looking at files that get downloaded. Right. So if I go to some shady hacker site at the company and I try and download some shady hackery file, most of the times my firewall rules are going to say, nope, you can't download this file. We know that it's a virus or we know that this is malware or we know this is a rat. Okay. You know, and it just doesn't allow it to download. With this IPFS system, what happens is you upload the agent, um, the malicious software, and it will then break it out into hundreds of different chunks. And those chunks individually get encrypted. Huh. So when I make requests as that the hacked computer to pull down these pieces of the agent, I a never pull down the entire agent as one as one thing. So it makes it very hard for um, ingress rules to look at. Um, and b it doesn't get decrypted till it gets down to the client. Um, so just the the warning here is. There are, you're going to start to see a lot less sophisticated hackers using more sophisticated tools, um, and it's just going to make it a little bit more difficult for you to detect whether a computer is actually compromised or not. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sadly enough, you know, the the Talos group has actually put out what they call IOCs or indicators of compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, hacker advice: Don't name your dark utilities uh, agent dark utilities because. <laughs> It's, it's literally in the indicators of compromise. Hey, guys, if you have something called dark utilities on your computer, uh, it's probably a virus. Yeah. Slash rat. It's criminal career advice. But yeah, so, you know, just moral of the story. Uh, be careful what you download because right. it may be, might be a, you know, a reverse ac- a remote access tool that uh, somebody's then controlling your computer right. um, and, and, you know, always keep your antivirus up to date. So yeah. Good, good advice. Okay. Hey, you guys feel like slacking? <laughs> always. I love Slack. Yeah. I do too. I love Slack. Occasionally for 10 minutes on the weekends. The Slack doesn't like everybody. <laughs> uh, some users hashed passwords were exposed for five years. I think it's five years worth of passwords, right? No, for or have five been... years, for from April seventeenth of twenty seventeen to eight to July seventeenth of twenty twenty two, this bug has been inherent in Slack. Um, okay, so this I, I I love news I love news uh, outlets that make things sound 
really, really bad. And this does sound really, really bad. A slack Therefore bug awesome. exposed. Therefore, awesome. Awesome. Um, exposed awesome. some users' hashes, passwords for five years. That sounds terrifying. Um, well, and if not you're using all users. Slack, that's good. Who right. was this so, subset of users and how many were there? So if you shared an invite link to invite somebody to a Slack server that you created. Oh. And and then you revoked that link. In the revocation of that link, the the password hash for your user account was passed with the link to revoke it. So you have to be running your own Slack server on premises first of all, right? Uh it's not necessarily on premises, but it does it if you need to be able to see the encrypted traffic. So right, somebody but, needs to be able to see from your Slack client up to the Slack servers and you've revoked a link and they need to be in the middle of that traffic, then they can only see the hash. But I guess what I'm getting back to is that is the the first thing is you have to be running your own Slack servers. Yes, but n- it only affects 50,000 of the 10 million users. Yeah, roughly. and it yeah, 0.01% or something 0.5%. 0. 0.5% of 10 million, which is 50,000 roughly. Yeah, if you re- have a regular Slack account, you're not running your own Slack server. You're using their servers. But if you set one up in the cloud, let's say, is that what they're talking about? No, so the my understanding of this bug is if you create your own Slack server. So for example, I can go to slack.com, I can create a server for security this week. And it'll be securitythisweek.slack.com. Oh, so that's when not really a server. That's just a, to it, an account. It's just right, exactly. But they call them servers. This is our oh, okay. like server, right? All right. As my client is communicating with that server, if we revoke an invite link, the hash for the password for the account that created the link gets passed up to the server. Now, Uh-oh. that sounds really bad, but all the things that need to go into actually seeing this is a the person has to be on your network because they have to see the encrypted traffic. B, they have to have inserted themselves in that encrypted stream that's going to Slack, which means they've already compromised your network to a point where they can see any mm. encrypted traffic, including probably your banking traffic to your web- bank websites, bill pay, all that other good stuff. Yeah. C, they then need to sit there and wait for you to revoke a link for an invite, and then they only get the hash, which means they need to yeah. take that hash and try and crack it. So. Okay. So it's, it's not really as bad as it seems. It's sensationalized. Yeah, it, it it's is. It's sensationalized. And, and, and honestly, I I credit Slack for not saying, are you kidding? No, go away. This isn't a big deal. What Slack did is they said, you know what? We appreciate the report. Thank you so much. Um, mm. We're going to notify every user that this affects. We're going to force them to change their passwords just in case this was used to compromise the server. It's, it's a chink in the arm. It's kind of like saying, well... You know, if someone gets in your trunk, they can get in your car because of the way the back seats are designed. Okay, that sucks, but they got to be in my trunk first. <laughs> right. But the sensational news story would be like, guy dies in locked car. And you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, but he was or already more likely, trunk. <laughs> any, anyone could be in your car anytime they wanted. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's like, yeah. eh, so not it's, really. Well, and that's the problem. Car. You can you can slant this stuff to make it sound innocuous. And a lot of times the companies, when they're self-reporting, they're going to minimize the impact. Mm-hmm. And, well, you can make it sound sensational. And a lot of times the news agencies will try to do that. And it, and sometimes it's uh, – what's the old saying? Never attribute to malice what can be explained by incompetence. Hanlon's a lot razor. Of times it's just, 
It's just a competence thing. They just don't know and they think it's a bigger deal or they or they don't understand the impact of things. Um, you know, there's just lots of room for for errors. Yeah. Although that's why like they need said, us, right? That's why they need security this week. I that's do, why. I do like Slack's position though. Like they fixed it. They not only fixed it, but they fixed it in the same day the bug was reported. Yeah. Like that's unheard of. We've that's we've dealt cool. with a lot of companies in in cybersecurity and issues with websites and that sort of stuff, and they're probably countably few. Actually, there's one I dealt with last week, which. We told them about a bug. They fixed it while we were on the call. They were like, yeah, let's fix these things. It's rare um, that somebody takes that proactive an approach towards cybersecurity, which is which is good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Have we uh, have we covered them all? Do you want to talk about this Twitter thing? Okay. Uh, someone's bad. Someone's, <laughs> someone's bad. Wait, on Twitter? What? Uh, the um, former employee. Yeah. So you guys, you guys all know what doxing is, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's when you essentially release somebody's personal information or a bunch of people's personal information out onto the Internet. Yep. So a lot of people who use platforms like Twitter and, you know, Signal and whoever, if you can then get their username and try and figure out who they Mm -hmm. are, that's called doxing. That's a process of, you know, letting people know who they really are. Um, In this particular case, a, uh, a former employee last week was actually just found guilty in San Francisco of spying for Saudi Arabia, for the for the government. Um, so what was happening there is they were working, this particular employee was working there since 2013 um, and was paid $300,000 in cash <laughs> um, to pull information like email address, phone number, IP address, and dates of birth um, for individuals that Saudi Arabia was interested in figuring out who they really were. Um, and it was it's usually what were people who were talking bad about the regime. So When I read this article, I thought the person must be 11 years old because the description of the watch was so insane. Oh my God. A Hublot Unico Big Bang King Gold Ceramic Watch. Holy crap. <laughs> it sounds like what you'd get at the bottom of a Cracker Jack box, but it's valued at $40,000. Yes, that was one of the other prizes for doxing people, apparently. $300,000 in cash and a $40,000 watch. Um, so needless to say, doxing people is not uh, – it's actually against the terms of agreement in most or most or for most uh, social platforms like Twitter. Um and then doing it for a government agency just as extra special bad. So um, just be careful what you say and what data you think is actually private because – And that, that goes to the other thing, which is insider threats are worse than outside mm-hmm. threats typically. Uh, yep. A lot of breaches come from the inside. Um, it's not, you Typically, an insider threat does 10 times the damage of an outsider threat. Wow. Cool. Wow. Awesome. All right, so that was an awesome week and an awesome show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.